We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Happy Thanksgiving. This is the best everything presented by Charlie Hustle. I have everything you need to know for bowls, chiefs, and soccer. That's right. We now have soccer at Kansas City Sports Network. I have everything you need to know right here on the best everything. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. This is the best everything presented by Charlie Hustle. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving with their family or whoever you spent it with. And it was surrounded by football. There's a lot of football this week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Amazing. But we have a lot of football to talk about as well. And we're going to rewind a little bit to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs win over the Los Angeles Chargers last Sunday night. It was an offensive explosion by Travis Kelsey. It was superb. But... On the breakdown this week, they talked about just that and how Travis Kelsey just ran that same play that he did to defeat the Chargers again. But the explosive tight end just had a monstrous game. And they break down what worked well against the defense and what Travis Kelsey did really well to get those touchdowns. It's the shallow crossers. And, and those shallow crossers are meant to beat man coverage because you get a natural rub. And this is also one of these plays that we looked at last week where Patrick Mahomes hit the wheel route, if you recall. So you've got the post on the outside. you got the wheel coming in behind it. And then you've got the rub route with Travis coming underneath Noah Gray here to create the separation. And it's executed beautifully. It's a pure progression read left to right. And as you see it, it's man coverage once again with a robber in the middle of the field. It's post safety man with a robber but that robber gets lost in the shuffle he's not he's supposed to look for work he doesn't overcommit. he's just kind of staying there stale the rub route comes across kelsey beats his guy coming right underneath noah gray's wake he's able to create separation get open patrick recognizes it gives him a good ball that he's able to maintain his speed and keep running yeah i believe it's watson there uh on the other cross I want to make sure he gets his credit because he does a great job too. He doesn't even, you know, a lot of times you see uh, that's where those offensive pass interferences can come into play, those pick plays. He does a great job creating traffic. He makes Derwin have to slow himself down, but doesn't make contact and doesn't even give the refs a chance to make that type of a call in that situation. Um, So he just executes that perfectly. And then once, once Kelsey's able to get that leverage on Derwin, it's over. 
Well, a little bit of a different twist this week on Outside the Trenches this week. BJ Kissel sat down with former chief Anthony Sherman to talk about football, but not how we think of it in Kansas City Chiefs terms. So Anthony Sherman has coached BJ Kissel's son, and they talk about growing the sport of football and what it means to have these next generation of players come up and play the football and fall in love with the game and the sport as a whole. All right, let's welcome on former Chiefs fullback, 10-year NFL veteran, eight of those years with the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl champion, all-pro, Pro Bowl fullback, Anthony Sherman. Sherm, what's going on, man? What's going on, BJ? How I'm doing? doing well. It's been a couple of months, uh, maybe a month, uh, since since our the flag football season ended. Didn't talk about it a ton uh, on the network here, but uh, you were my son's flag football coach uh, for his first ever season playing football, and man, uh, whether it was the combination of just the team and how good they are, we'll get into all that. But whatever you guys did out there, uh, he is absolutely obsessed with football now. All he wants to do is play catch. All he wants to do is play Madden. He wants to go out and kick now. Punting is his new favorite thing. You guys have absolutely got him to fall in love with football. No, I mean, that's that's what you want to do as a coach. You know, you want to have these kids that first year fall in love with something, especially like I did when I started playing, is just fall in love with football. And, and when you when you coach Carter, it, it is it's special because he is he's such a intent listener that mm-hmm. you could tell him very very small things that most kids don't pay attention to. And I know you know we talked about it before or after the first practice. He went home and made you go to the store and buy all that stuff because <laughs> like yeah. Dad, I need to get better. And like that's that's the type of kids that we want. You know, I want to coach is the kids that want to get better that you know take the time to listen, watch the game, whatever it is, um, try to be, you know, be their best out there. Yeah. It, after that first practice, it was definitely, uh, you know, these kids have played together for a long time. It's going to take a little bit. And it was the first time, and you and I talked about this. It was the first time that Carter had been around kids that were so much better. Uh, and so much further along in a sport. I mean, he's only seven years old. I mean, for people listening, he's seven years old. So they're very early, very just getting into sports. If you if you saw a picture of him, you wouldn't know he was seven. He's a big boy. He's, he's a, he is put together. He's, he's been the biggest be, kid. He's going to be your all pro <laughs> offense or defensive lineman at some point in his career. I, the first practice we had, so he's been the biggest kid on every, you know, his basketball team, his baseball team, his soccer team. He's the foot taller than everybody. But the first practice that we went out to with your guys, I looked at uh, Kyle's dad and I was like, is this a team full of nine-year-olds or is this a team full of monsters? Because Carter's normally the biggest kid and like Cash, uh, Jordan's kid was out there. And I'm like, yeah. these kids are huge. And he's like, no, it's a team full of monsters. He's like, they're really good. And you guys had him. I mean, you do a phenomenal job with that team. And I had told some, some friends when they had talked about, cause Carter was talking about football everywhere we went. And I was like, you know, Anthony Sherman is the coach. And they're like, how's that? Cause you're used to seeing you as this intense fullback and hitting people. I was like, he's into yeah. it, but some of the other coaches in the league are a lot more into you're a lot more calm than a lot of the coaches in the league. Uh, yeah. It was kind of fun to watch. Oh, it's fun. I mean, I love, you know, I take that opportunity to kind of get under those other coaches skin a little bit and, you know, draw some fun things up for the kids and let them have fun and, and, and go after it. But yeah, I love when the coach on the other side is, is losing his mind. Well, we have a lot to talk about with football, but we have a lot to talk about with Soccer as well. And now that we have added three new shows to Kansas City Sports Network, Ali Trost Martin sat down with Al Trost this week to talk about the World Cup, how Americans can 
really unite around this in supporting the American team and how this can be a really good opportunity for soccer to kind of take a few steps forward in American sports. So they talk about it on Soccer Talks this week and how it's such a big sport that's rising in America. As someone who has captained the U.S. men's national team eight times, which, by the way, fun fact, is tied with Christian Pulisic uh, for for most caps, I think 22 um, all time. What what goes into captaining the U.S. men's national team? How do you how do you approach that? Oh wow, um, I you know that's difficult to say. I think I was very fortunate when I. When I came out of St. Louis U and started playing in the NASL, I made the Olympic team and played in the NASL. I had a, a great opportunity to go forward from out of there. And, and I guess I was one of the known American players to to uh, and one of the more experienced, I guess, players since since uh, when we started playing with the national team back in the mid 70s. I had a lot of young players coming up, too. So uh, I wouldn't say I was the oldest, but um, I was fortunate by the head coach then, uh, Walter Chiselwitz at the time, um, who, who was just, a you know, tremendous, was a tremendous friend of mine. And, and also I really admired him as a coach. I mean, he, he threw me out there as captain America. And I think that's what the, that the, uh, one of the soccer peri- periodicals picked up on and, and, uh, it went from there. So that was, so that was like the original, Captain America, like where, where do you remember reading that or, or did it just kind of stick within your teammates or was it the media who kind of coined that term? No, I think it was the media. I think one of the soccer, uh, either Soccer America or one of the Soccer Monthlies uh, came out with, uh, you know, the 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 promotion of, of competing in the World Cup, uh, you know, and, and trying to draw attention to the World Cup. Because back in the 1970s, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, soccer wasn't you know, where it is today. Um, and, and I think, you know, that was one of the ways to, to I guess, they threw me out there at, 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 at promoting that as Captain America, yeah. It's crazy that you say, you know, soccer wasn't, I, I feel like this is just something that the sport in America has been up against even today in terms of making it a, a mainstream popular sport for American sports fans. And while, you know, global competitions like the World Cup draw in a lot of viewership and, a lot of attention. Uh, there was there was a moment on social media this last week where ESPN tweeted out a graphic of um, some of the best American sports athletes. So you had LeBron James, Patrick Mahomes, Odell Beckham Jr., and and it was like imagine this squad running out at the World Cup. It's like what if you just imagined the actual soccer players who uh, who are playing this game with the you know for the United States of America. So it's it's even still just. Um, not always maybe given the respect or the attention. So that is a lot than what it was like when you were playing then, it sounds like. Well, the opportunities are so much more there. And I think that had to do with the commercialization of the sport. You know, the sponsorships, the MLS, the MLS, what it's done uh, and how it's grown. And, and uh, St. Louis is getting a team now next year. Um, but I, I, I think it all it kind of like all started back in probably around 1990, 1994, 1994, when we had the world cup here in, in the United States and out through the crowds set the record for, for the crowds attending the games. And I think it was, it was actually, you know, I think that had a big impetus in getting, getting the sport going. Uh, but 
you know, like I said, back in the 1970s, um, you know, I can still remember, uh, you know, when I wanted to play in, 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 in grade school and stuff and people were making fun of us running around in shorts and, you know, things, what are you, what are you doing in this crazy sport? You know, but, you know, I, I think there's room for another sport and on the American, you know, profile. And, and I think, uh, I think soccer is really there right now. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but I've got to tell you about our friends at Liquid Death. And by now, you know that those strange tall boys in that bottled water section, there's not actually beer. It's a uh, mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. It's a crazy new water brand. Cans look wild. I've got one right here. You know I've already got the severed lime with me. One of my favorite flavors, my favorite flavor, actually, of the Liquid Death. It comes in uh, de several different flavors if you want the sparkling water, the still water. It's all great. But why is it called Liquid Death? Well, it'll brutally murder your thirst. That's why. And their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are here to bring death to plastic pollution. I'd love to see that. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to kill plastic pollution as well. Here's what you got to do. You got to go to liquiddeath.com uh, slash KCSN to use their store locator tool, or you can go uh, find Liquid Death at your Target, Walmart, 7-Eleven, or again, go to liquiddeath.com slash KCSN, find a store locator tool, use that, and that's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's get back to the show. Well, we have a big matchup this week. Kansas and Kansas State take on each other. Saturday night, and it is a big one for the Jayhawks and the Wildcats. There's a lot riding on this game for the Wildcats. They, you know, Big 12 championship, Sugar Bowl, a lot of opportunities coming out of this game. And Kansas has had a very good season this year. But, you know, the second half of the season hasn't been exactly the same for the Jayhawks. But this is a matchup that a lot of people are excited to see. On 3Mod this week, the guys talked about, you know, can K-State pull this one out and get this win against the Jayhawks and really advance their um, their postseason into what they hope it would be big 12 championship bowl game, etc. Kansas does a lot of misdirection. They mess with your eyes with the things that they do offensively with their scheme. And that is a tricky spot to put inexperienced safeties out there that could get in a brat at a bad spot um, and get put in the wrong spot on the field. And, and Kansas hits you for a big play. And, you know, I was taken aback a little bit. I, I know KU's had good, good offense all year, but I was taken aback a little bit with some of their numbers offensively. And I'll, we'll talk about them later in the show. Um, but, but they are definitely, you know, you could argue they're the best offense in the Big 12. Yeah, and they have lost five of their last six games, to be fair. And I don't know 
that Jalen Daniels is the same Jalen Daniels that we saw at the beginning of the year. He kind of looked rough last week against Texas, and maybe that's just a blip on the radar. We'll find out soon enough, right? Um, I did want to bring up, and I'm sure you guys will talk to it because i got to exit out of here in a little bit, obviously, but it, the playoff polls just were released, and they still love Kansas State. Well, I'll catch a number 12 in the playoff. Ah, that's hey, all, all right. right. That's what I thought. I thought they'd move up to 12, so that's great. Love that. Love that. Okay. So you, so you beat KU and uh, – you you if, if you beat Kansas, are you a top 10 team entering the Big 12 championship game? And by the way, that's, yeah, that's really good for TCU if it turns out that way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely it is. Because uh, when Oklahoma lost to Kansas State in the Big 12 title in 03, K-State was, what, 15th, John? And uh, OU still got in the national title. Teens. So, I feel like it was maybe even lower than that. Maybe like lower teens. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's great, uh, and I, I'd have to look at the schedule to see who could lose in front of K-State this week. We know they're going to jump Michigan or Ohio State. One of them is going to lose, but maybe there's someone else that drops a game and they move up again another spot or two. So, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to go look at it. I, Dy, do you need to you need to bounce or you want to you want to answer or talk to hey, uh, headline number three? Well, why don't you? Why doesn't he just give us his lock of the week and uh, okay, you know, right, score for it? Let, let's get his prediction too. That's right, fair. I can do That's third fair. headline, and then we'll do lock of the week and prediction. I'll do okay. the one. Okay. okay. All right. We're, we're recording this up against the basketball game, by the way, folks, if you are <laughs> wondering about that. All right. Headline number three, really, to me, is just that, like, as we're talking about here, we're speaking to it already, everything's on the line in this, man. I mean, you're talking about the potential difference. I mean, we'll see what happens Friday with Texas and Baylor. My hopes are not very high that Baylor wins that game. But uh, you're, you're talking about the difference potentially between Big 12 championship game uh, very good likelihood that it would be the Sugar Bowl, no matter what. Top ten ranking, beating your rival, uh, all that versus losing to Kansas, having to hear about that for a year, providing them with a bunch of momentum for Leipold, missing out on a Big Twelve championship game, missing out on a Sugar Bowl. Like that, it's just there is there's a lot riding on this. Well, speaking of Kansas Jayhawks football, on Booth Review this week, Kent Swanson sat down with Michael Swain to talk about covering the Jayhawks as a reporter and his expectations for the Jayhawks before the season and if he would have thought that he would be covering a bowl team this year. Obviously, a lot of people thought the Jayhawks just weren't going to be any good. Jayhawks haven't been good for a bit, but this year has really turned around the program. Lance Leipold got an extension. Congratulations to him and what it means for the Jayhawks going forward. They have stability in their program now, and they're really looking to build on this success this year and going forward, what they can expect. How surprised are you? Cause I mean, you're pretty close to the program. Like you, you, you're there, you're very active and, and aware and involved. Um, covering that football team. How surprised are you that this team made it? Pretty surprised. <laughs> I, think <laughs> like surprised. The, I think people in the building are surprised. I, I don't think anyone expected it to go like this because I think heading into the season, you looked at this roster and said, okay, they can compete in a lot of games and be around, but can they kind of make some of those winning plays and, and be able to overcome adversity for a program that really hasn't done that super well over the last 10 years and for them to do it so much early in the season, I think it was super impressive. You know, you look at the, the West Virginia game, the Houston game, even a game like the Iowa state one where you got some luck, right? Their kicker missed three field goals, but you were in the game and that's all you can ask for. So I, I am surprised. Um, I think the way that the second half of the season is maybe a little bit closer to what I thought the whole season would be like, but 
you don't give back wins in college football. So they're able to benefit from those bowl practices. Even if I think myself and people around the program heading into the season, didn't think this was necessarily um, super attainable as a goal. I uh, I'm never apologizing for a victory. And look, if, if KU plays uh, Oklahoma without Dylan Gabriel, that's a win too. So like, yeah, I think it sure. all could have come out in the wash. Everybody got a little bit of luck here and there. I think that's the nature of college football. And I think there's just been a decade where I don't think Kansas fans probably understand that because there, there hasn't been any luck. There hasn't really been any opportunity for luck to rear its head because they haven't been good enough to take advantage of good opportunities. And this team was, and like, I think that speaks a lot, a lot to this, you know, to this program and what they've done. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out, out to you, Swain. I think, um, I think this, I think this, the way this season has gone is kind of a reflection of where this program is at this point, because I think you saw early on in the season when this team was close to full strength, where, you know, this team is working to build this depth. They're working to build a program with, you know, big 12 depth and physically capable bodies and all that stuff. But you saw early on in the season, a well-coached football team, that was able to 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 win a lot of football games because you know things you know just getting in the right rhythm and all that stuff. And but I think you saw a little bit of regression as the season went on because I think you saw the depth tested a little bit. You saw where maybe this team is still working to build to develop that program in the image of what Lance Leipold foresees as a sustainable model for mm-hmm. his program. Because you're not, I, I don't, you know, the depth gets tested, and I think that's where you're seeing. Hey, look this team is on the upward trajectory. They got a lot of talent. They got a lot of good football players. They can develop as good as anybody in the country. And they're one of the best coached teams in the country. But at some point, things just kind of start to, 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 to wane a little bit when things get tested. I think that's kind of what we saw in the second half of the season. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Well, looking past this season for Kansas is always fun to see them rising, but we look forward to this Sunday afternoon when the Los Angeles Rams take on the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. Now, the Chiefs are a little bumped and bruised and injured, and it's not going to be the same team that we necessarily want to see. There's a few key players still out, but we saw last week how other guys can just step up and fill those roles. On KC Lab this week, they talked about what the game is going to look like. You know, it's the Rams. They haven't been that great this season, but are the Chiefs just going to roll right over them or are they going to take this game very serious? What are they going to do going into this game? Is it a creative game? Is it let's try some new things out or it's just let's play football and get it over with? 
may not see a ton of man coverage either. <laughs> Especially, look, J- J- Jalen Ray- or Juju Smith-Schuster back. Uh, that, that's all. That all helps. It's all. It's all helpful. I mean, the Chiefs are getting a little bit healthier. Probably not going to see Kadarius Tony, unfortunately. Um, but oh well, we'll just have to get a little bit more Sky Moore involved uh, this week as well. So, uh, anything else? Anything big to cover about the the Rams that we missed, or should we go to predictions? I think the two two quick things. Joe Tooney, hopefully he plays, especially against Aaron Donald. That could be that could be one thing that really cool. does slow this down. Like if you want to give the Rams a you know a chance to smell a little bit of blood, is have Joe Tooney be injured. He didn't practice on Wednesday. No idea if it's just a veteran rest kind of thing. Maybe he's you know a little beat up, but in no danger of missing time. I think we'll find out more by the time you're listening to this, probably. And then um, the Chiefs have the Bengals coming up after this game, right? I wonder going into this game when you see it on the schedule, the Chiefs are really good for like these you know kind of revenge games. The Buccaneers, teams that they feel like have slightly slighted them just based on the performance on the field. They seem to put their best foot forward. They really want to get them back. I was wondering, because the last time they played the Rams was that super high-scoring game, if they would just want to prove like, ha-ha, we're still the better offense. Check us out. But with the Bengals coming up next, you want to tell me there's a single game that the Chiefs care about this year more than any of the others? I can guarantee you it's that Bengals game. So I don't think you're going to see the Chiefs do a whole lot of creative stuff. I think they're going to try to skirt out this game with showing the least amount on film, winning this game as just easily as possible, as fast as possible. This might be their goal to have the shortest game of the year for them in this one, to be honest. Well, we will see what happens this Sunday afternoon at Arrowhead, and we will see what happens this Saturday as Kansas and Kansas State take on each other. Mizzou takes on Arkansas this weekend, but that is on Friday before this comes out. So I will have everything that you need to know right here next week again on the Best Everything presented by Charlie Hustle.